Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo! Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Make sure you are subscribing to the podcast in uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel and hitting the thumbs up button while you're hanging out with us. we got the full CHGO White Sox crew with us. A little bit different order. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And our brave producer is Steven Nicholas, <laughs> fighting through a Don't personal start. medical emergency. So uh, we wish him the best. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if we can't end the live stream, uh, it's probably because Steven had to just take a quick jaunt to the hospital. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get through uh, this one. We are coming to you live after a White Sox loss in extra innings. 4-3 to to the Minnesota Twins in 10. And, oh, boy, I mean, that's how you always draw up a a, a walk-off in your your backyard. You're always thinking, you know, bases loaded. Uh, Wait, no, the bases weren't loaded. There was a a runner on second. Who didn't get a hit. Yeah, who didn't get a hit. Um, The count wasn't full. Um, He just bunted the ball. He didn't swing for a home run. Uh, and then Hanser Alberto, a defensive replacement, which is, a, a, you know, it's oxymoron. A, oxymoron, exactly. Nice. Um, you know, uh, just airmails a ball uh, into the dugout and uh, game over. So uh, what do we make of it? Uh, not didn't go into the dugout, but uh, it was, hit the guy in the head, hit the guy in yeah. the head and then uh, went out of play and uh, the run scored. Uh, so uh, bad. Sean, I wrote uh, really last bad. night after the White Sox won a game. Uh, despite all the injury news, despite all the uh, fielding mistakes that we saw, I wrote that, listen, winning's good. You want to win, but uh, you can't have games like that become the norm. You can't have days with all these injuries and days with all these fielding mistakes become the norm. And what are the two headlines today for the White Sox? Tim Anderson to the IL uh, well before the game started, and uh, Hanser Alberto losing the game for them with a throwing error. Uh, So not only... It might not become the norm, but uh, it was a, a near repeat. Uh, in fact, the score was exactly the same as well. 
was. Uh, and I don't mean to uh, bag on Hans or Alberto here, uh, Herb, but uh, we could even go to the ninth inning and uh, we see two quick strikeouts from Ronaldo Lopez, uh, you know, a fantastic closer. I know you uh, agree uh, wholeheartedly there. Yep. Uh, but then Chris, uh, Christian Vasquez hits a gapper uh, into right center field. Mm-hmm. Luis Robert and Oscar Colas converge. Luis Robert dives. He can't make the catch. Ball escapes. Colas has to turn directions, run to the gap, get to the wall, throws the ball to Romy Gonzalez. He throws the ball to Hanser Alberto again at defensive replacement. Um, and it's a weird play at third base. They review it, and it seems like Christian Vasquez slid weirdly, but he might have beat the tag, and Hanser Alberto made kind of a poor tag. But uh, even Hanser Alberto there might not even you know uh, help them escape uh, the, the ninth inning with the defensive play because Colas did his job, Romy did his job, and Hanser, I guess, did his job because the guy was out at third. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was kind of sloppy there. I mean, it's been the home run by Hanser, three-run home run yesterday. Good. But other than that, man... Air he made yesterday, and then the what wasn't called an air, but the play that subsequently lands Tim Anderson on the IL for two to four weeks with a knee sprain was because of Hounder Alberto's indecision and bad decision, if you ask me. And then today, as you described the play at third base, the guy was safe, but MLB and football still do the dumb thing where they do a review and they look at the damn play, and if they don't see any definitive thing, they stay with the call on the field. It's like, just look at the play. You have a replay. Tell me what you see. Safe or out? To me, he looks safe at third base, Vasquez. The throw beat him there by plenty, but as we said, it was a great slide by Vasquez who took away his left leg and then slid with his right foot and touched the bag. It looked like a split second before the glove hit him on the left uh, thigh. But that's all a race because it's 3-3 in the extra innings. White Sox, again, look at the first inning where they had bases loaded, no one out. Luckily, Vaughn hits that double. You get two runs. There's still two There's two, two runners in scoring position with zero outs. And then Pablo Lopez went to work and retired, a, what, 23 in a row 24. after that? 24 in a row after that? Or and 20, the, the White Sox. He did 21 himself. I correct. The, tw- the Twins retired the next 24 batters. And then you get in the extra innings, you have the same situation that the Minnesota Twins had at the bottom of the 10th, where you have a runner in second, you get the guy over to third base with one out, and they fail to execute and get that one run in. So Jesse Schulten's put in a tough situation there, and the same thing with Hans Roberto. But... You have to come through. If you're the defensive replacement there as Hans Alberto, you have to come through. You can't have what you've done the last two days in Minnesota. So it's going to look like Hans Alberto is the goat of this one, the the old goat meeting where you're bad. Lowercase goat. Exactly. (laughs) But there's a lot of things that made the White Sox lose this game, not just Hans Alberto. Well, yeah, they had... They had before, before Luis Robert came to bat in the ninth inning and hit that home run, they had three hits. After he came to bat and the game ended, they had four hits. They had four <laughs> hits today. That's not that's that's more far more egregious than one bad defensive play. Obviously, the game was on the line, and so that's the the, the reason that the final score looks like it looks. But uh, but you can't get only four hits. As good as and good is underselling it. Pablo Lopez was untouchable today. 
Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Pablo in a second. We'll talk about Lance Lynn. That was a great pitcher's duel that we did end up seeing. Um, we do have a super chat uh, from our guy, uh, Husky Bardo, um, mentioning, uh, and thank you for the super chat. Uh, Pedro had a rough night. Uh, lots of weird and dumb decisions to explain uh, and hopefully never make again. Um, I, I just find the, the Alberto defensive replacement odd, and my question is, you know, why was he in the game? And I guess really it comes to what happened today, Tim Anderson going to the IL and um, Yohan Moncada being day-to-day with his back stiffness. Uh, Moncada likely will not play um, in the Minnesota Twins series. Uh, didn't play today. Likely will not play in the final game tomorrow. Uh, and then, really, we see Jake Berger, who we talked about on yesterday's show, possibly never playing third base again, and here he is starting at third base. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I know why. I know why everybody is like, oh, why was Alberto playing third base? Well, Alberto was playing third base because the only other person to play third base was Jake Berger. And if I told you before, I asked you before yesterday's game, who would you rather have at third base, Hans or Alberto or Jake Berger? A hundred percent of you would have said Hans or Alberto. I, to, um, to be fair, before today's game, I did say on the pregame show that I would rather Jake Berger. I think it makes sense because he has the most experience out of all the guys currently on the roster at third base. So I That's fine. You've I, seen him play third base. You can have well, the, they, all the experience well, I guess want. my point, though, is if Jake Berger is your best defensive third base on the roster, you're kind of screwed. But he's not, and I would argue okay. that even after today, he's not. I, I mean, okay. seriously, I mean, like, I understand that, you, I mean, the reason Hanser Alberto was playing third base is because Yohan Moncada can't play right now. It's because Jake Berger has historically been a player whose glove has been um, such that he has not been able to stick as a Major League Baseball player. Hanzo Alberto is here to be a backup infielder. He's here to come in, to come in in situations just like this when Moncada can't play third base, when Anderson can't play shortstop, when uh, uh, Elvis or, or Romy can't play second. Uh, this is this is what happens. Uh, I mean, Jake Berger was in the lineup today because they needed a little offensive oomph because they've got a lineup without TA and without Moncada and without Eloy in it, and. Certainly, I think a lot of people would say, all right, because you look at that. If, if Alberto would have started this game, that lineup looks a lot different. Jake Berger has been a reliable bat, but Jake Berger has not been a reliable fielder. And to put Hanser Alberto there for defensive purposes over the one other guy that you could have had there in Jake Berger, I think that makes complete sense. But now, I would, I, just real quick, yeah. I mean, what we've heard about Alberto, like, because, I mean, he's a new player to all fans. I mean, the first year here, um, it just is the connection with Pedro from Kansas City, um, likes his presence in the clubhouse, and that he hits right uh, left-handers well, right? Like, I mean, you know, he has an OPS of, like, 700. It was never that he was, like, a defensive replacement, that he would be, you know, a defensive upgrade. Um, that was one thing in uh, defense of Leary was the, the flexibility. It wasn't that, you know, he was uh, a great defensive replacement, but he was an average re- defensive replacement at most positions. Yeah, and to speak to what uh, Husky Bartle was asking in the Super Chat, I don't really have a problem with Pedro, what he did there, except for the fact that Hanzo Roberto was the first batter up in the 10th. Now, He's not thinking about that. He's trying to get out of the ninth inning with the player he thinks is the better defender defender at third in Hansa Roberto over Jake Berger. If the tables are turned and Jake Berger makes the same errors as Hansa Roberto, I think we and people who are in the chat are like, what the hell is this rookie manager doing? We all know that Jake Berger sucks at defense. He should have got him out there for Hansa Roberto. I guarantee that would have happened. But think about the at-bats that Pedro's looking at too with Jake Berger. His last two at-bats in that game before he gets taken out. Three straight pitches, 
strikes out both times in both at-bats. He doesn't look good at the plate. Yes, he can pop one every once in a while, but maybe he saw something. He's like, yeah, he's not having a great approach at the plate today. Let's get a guy in there who might be a little slightly better at defense, a little shorthanded. It didn't turn out that way, but I don't fault Pedro for his move of uh, Hanser Alberto there from Jake Berger. That would be the only thing I would say is if he thought that Jake Berger was having good at bats that game, keep him in the game because there's really a negligible effect between the two players as far as third baseman. I would think if you're talking about third baseman starting every day, you would go more with Jake Berger. If you're thinking about like just a player who can play multiple positions and the versatility, I would go Hunter Alberto. So I'm not giving him too much grief. And I think Jake Spiewak uh, was talking about that earlier in the chat. So, yeah, I'm not too much uh, giving this loss to my guy, Pedro Grafal. I thought he managed the game pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I have no huge takeaways. Uh, again, I didn't love the move to uh, go to Jesse Shelton's, uh, but again, he threw one pitch. Uh, the, the, I can't, I'm not, I'm not actually mad, upset. You know, that was a weird decision, but that, you know, doesn't matter. It, it's, How do you yeah. think Jesse Shelton's feeling right now? People looking right. at him like, man, you got the loss. Looking down at him. <laughs> Schultons, get out of here. You just got here, you bum. This is going to hurt the Jesse Schultons uh, Cy Young campaign. It is. Uh, we should cancel the t-shirts. That's true. And uh, it's all baseball's fault for these rules, man. Yes. Oh, and that's that's the main culprit here. It's not Pedro Grafal going to Jesse Schultons. It's not Hans or Alberto. You know, they're in a tough place with T.A. being on the I.L. It's the Manfred rules. They're stupid. Again, it's not baseball. It's, it's not an actual play. It's just... Hanser Alberto having to rush rush a throw, um, and then there's also a second baseman starting the inning, or there's well, a, I, a runner at second base starting the inning. That when, when it's made up. I, well, I would just say this: you wonder, and I think I've brought this up on the show before. Would the new rules with the pitch clock solve the problem that the runner on second rules were originally supposed to solve? Oh, right? look at look at Vinny. Right, because oh. you've got. The whole point is we don't want these games to go on for five hours, right? In the, in the, and, and and to be fair, you, nobody's on base. Uh, relievers can still have a great edge with the pitch clock, right? Maybe it does go 13, 14 innings, and, and the bullpen could still be as taxed as it was before. I think that's the main reason these rules exist. But I would argue that if the idea is you don't, you know, you don't want people turning the game off because it's... 11:45 at night and they're still and it's still tied. Well, now you got a pitch clock to kind of solve those issues. Well, and absolutely. And what did Lewis Robert do with uh, his uh, home run extending the game? He made it what over two hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you were all you were all upset that you know <laughs> they didn't get it over in under two hours. Like hey. this game was breezy with 24 straight batters set down. As I said, if you're gonna lose, lose quickly. And they were almost lost under two hours, but. Vinny, you need to call your man uh, Theo Epstein and say, yeah. hey, man, come on now. We don't need the ghost runner anymore. Dude, look at this genius. <laughs> no one thought about that. Look at Vinny out no here. Not, no even one. The, not, not even the commissioner. Theo, Manfred, no, no one thought about it before, before me right now. Uh, I haven't heard it. Uh, me either. I'll, I'll credit it to you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's you. A, that's Vinny Duber thought right there. That's, there you that's, you know, that's going to get you in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what hat do I get to wear on my plaque? This one, I hope. CHGO. Oh, it's a nice one. This that's one with the Chicago one. flag on it. Um, Yeah, I think the probably the... The more storylines or the storylines that I'm more most excited about is I think a the defense outside of Hanser Alberto's defense it was very good tonight. Looked really good. Yeah. Um. And then Lance Lynn, rough start, but hey, he figured out how to land that plane. And then again, did we mention Luis Robert just flicked a home run? Uh, you know, just. <laughs> 400 feet uh, like a superhero. Uh, that, that's exciting. That's a game changer right there when you have that guy come up to the plate and just ties the game up. 
There you go. So clutch. And I mean, I I remember back to the 2020 season when Jose Abreu won his MVP. And it wasn't just that the numbers were there at the end of the year, at least from someone who watched every game he played that year. It was, man, when he delivered, he delivered in a big moment. He delivered to, you know, when with the game on the line, with runners in scoring position. Every time he got a big hit, it seemed to matter so much. And so what have people talked about with Luis Robert Jr., MVP caliber player, MVP potential, so many tools he could win an MVP. Well, if you're going to win an MVP, you got to have big clutch moments. And boy, did Luis Robert Jr. do that today in uh, – tying himself for the major league lead in home runs, which that. I uh, think he's done somewhat quietly, if you ask yeah. me. But there you go. He's uh, he's up there at the top of the leaderboard. Okay, hold on. This is an important leaderboard. And honestly, Stephen, we might need to make a graphic. 12 home runs. Uh, not, <laughs> not, 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 not now. Okay, okay. No. 12 home runs from 17. The all-important number. He's only 12 home runs away. I think that's his, like, season high, too, is 12. Uh, so, I mean, that's a, we're, we're counting down. Uh, Luis Robert might have 17 home runs by June. What, like, I love what Luis is doing, but pitchers around the league, why do they throw him in curveball sliders in the zone? It doesn't make sense. The man just punishes mistakes like no other business. I mean, the curveball was low in the zone, and he just, as Sean said, flicked the wrist, and he's like, okay, 102 miles per hour. Take that now. That's otherworldly talent that Luis Robert has, and he's actually putting that potential, and he's hitting that ceiling. He's about to go and be that guy that we've always wanted him to be. Leading the league in home runs, the defense is great. Like, he gave us all on that play that, uh, who was it, uh, Vasquez hitting mm-hmm. the gap. Almost got there, and then you have his guy back him up. But Luis Robert is uh, the one, probably not the lone bright spot, but the star of this team, especially with the other players. Three of the starters that we uh, counted on this year, out of the lineup, Luis Robert said, I got you guys. But that's what we've needed. I mean, that's what we talked about all offseason was what's the most important piece to this White Sox, and it's if Luis Robert can play 100 games. If Luis Robert plays 150 games, we, we've never seen a season like that before. We talked about the five tools, and we've seen them on display this entire year so far. Power, five home runs. Defense, he's had about, what, four, five-star plays out there. His speed's still been fantastic. I mean, he's flying around the bases after the home run. You see how pumped up and energetic he is. And I think the another huge point, too, uh, we'll get to it later, but Pablo Lopez and his sweeper, um, I mean, that's a huge weapon against right-handed hitters and we see especially with Luis and throughout the first couple innings Luis Robert wasn't offering at it Luis Robert just really was eliminating that pitch and that was great progression for him to have I mean because we saw in that Astro series when he was going down and we we're like oh Luis Robert doesn't look that good uh, in the first three games a lot of that was sliders outside the zone and we saw that get cleaned up a little bit so that's a that's a huge jump there for, for Luis Robert and uh, truly uh, just a game changer because uh, you know Durand throwing 103 miles per hour and you yes. decide you decide to throw a, a curveball <laughs> your worst pitch you have a, a splitter that's 101 and a fastball that's 103 i wouldn't throw anything else <laughs> why like why? they can't hit those if they can tip the cap melissa sage bolenbach said that uh hanzo alberto's career field percentage at third is 966 at burgers is 943 so Technically, well, yeah, I mean, Hanser is a better third baseman. The num- and the and I, I hey, I will tell you, the numbers match up with the with the anecdotal in in my opinion because I think uh, having watched everything that Jake Berger's done over third base, yeah, I, I I don't think you could say that he would be a reliable pick with the game on the line to come up with a huge defensive play. No, absolutely, but Hanser Alberto's not up there. 
I mean, I would just say like maybe that's maybe the issue is just maybe the depth isn't isn't that great when I feel it comes like to you're, defensive I feel like you're mad that Yohan Moncada <laughs> is not able to play. I'm not mad. I mean, that's like how just... could they not have come up with a better defensive third baseman? Well, there is. He just couldn't play tonight. This and is they, what yeah, they had. Well, that's fair. But I mean, <laughs> see, look, when, we, we're, we're, when we go back to the Leary question, I mean, may, maybe the, no. the the decision to let Leary no. walk. Well, but, but hold on. You call Romy Gonzalez Ben Zobris, but he doesn't have that much experience at did, third base. Who called him that? Rick Hahn. Oh, I'm about to say, no one in this room um, did. No. Uh, well, Rick, I feel, is always with He's us. omnipresent? Um, yes. Like um, Jesus? But uh, Romy, you know, he has, he's on the roster to be that, utility guy um Hanser again like he could play third short and second but I don't know if he plays them well um again like what what are the positives that he brings he hits left-handers well I mean Leary at least again offered average defensive uh ability at, pining, at all positions pining for the days I'm of just Leary trying to, again see hey this man, is the thing 162 of these postgame shows this is the thing the, the Yoan injury slash back soreness caused all these things didn't cause it but like it set the things in motion that means that Hanser has to play yesterday that means that Tim gets hurt yesterday if Yoan's playing you think he makes an error on the Hanser play no does he make an error on the play that hurts Tim probably not he probably delivers a third to second and gets the double play started so this is the availability of having one of the top third basemen in the game there for most of the games and this is why the White Sox need to be healthy because their next level is not that good. It's replacement level or lower. And so you see the value that Yoan brings to the table. And I know White Sox fans are sick of him because of things like this, because he's he's, uh, hurt right now. But do you think that Yoan, if he was available to play, would not be playing? The man's a gamer. Come on now. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, this is something that he was dealing with in spring training. We brought this up yesterday. Um, you know, he, he took, I think, about five days off and then came, started playing opening day, and uh, he was pretty good to start the season. Uh, so I, I, if he's able to recover and just needs the time off, that, that's fine. Um, I just, again, may, maybe this is something come trade deadline, if this is a serious contending team, uh, may, maybe maybe we upgrade the backup third baseman. Uh, I, I don't know if if, if Johan is going to be struggling with uh, back flare-ups. But uh, let's take a quick break and talk a little bit about that replacement level uh, because we can go into with Tim being on the IL, just what the kind of backup plan will look like. Um, then we'll get into Lynn V. Lopez, a uh, little Luis Arise talk as well. Um, and we'll get maybe a little into the uh, final game as well. We uh, will not have a pregame show for you tomorrow, but we will have a postgame show um, after tomorrow's game. Very bright and sunny day today in Chicago. Nice, lovely Beautiful walk day. day. Beautiful um, day. So sunny. I needed my uh, Shady Race on my walk uh, this morning. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Race have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Race is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Here's the thing. Again, I sat on my Shady Race, bent the uh, the, the bridge, bent them back out. They, they, they weren't broken. Uh, very, very durable. Again, so uh, you can probably run them over with your car. 
don't, but again, no questions are asked. So, hey, uh, you know, but keep it a buck with Shady Rays because, uh, again, exclusive for listeners, they're going to hook you up. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal this season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try yourself. You know, the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Thank you, Shady Rays, for the excellent sunglasses. Also want to let you know about Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. Started taking AG1s because they've been supporting us for over a year here at CHGO, and it just helps me start my day right. Uh, it doesn't taste super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. Uh, our guy, Stephen, uh, I think needs some vitamins here uh, with this bad. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to say the second well, I heard of Athletic Green. Buddy. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about you. It's, it's got just forearm spasms. We're fine. Okay. A little right. cramping. Well, Steven's um, got to get his uh, Tommy John after a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and I, I think Athletic Greens would help that. Uh, it's lifestyle friendly. Uh, whether you've just had Tommy John surgery, you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it also costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your free purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash socks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash socks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you, Athletic Greens. All right, Vinny. Yeah. Break it down. Tim Anderson's going to the IL. Um, I don't know. I, I turn it, it to DX. Um, <laughs> turn it to Triple H here. Um, <laughs> Tim Anderson's going to the IL. Uh, what does that mean for the shortstop position, second base, and third base? Does it mean more, Jake Berger and Hanzo Alberto? Well, 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 I guess. I guess yeah, I think. Just, uh, yeah. Tim Anderson's on the injury list. Will be out for the next two to four weeks. So say the White Sox. Now, of course, we got a. Uh, somewhat similar uh, estimated absence time for Aloy Jimenez. And it sounds like he could be back this will be back this weekend. So um, things can always go shorter. We'll see what happens with that knee sprain and Tim. In the meantime, Lenny and Sosa is up from triple a Charlotte, but of course that doesn't mean that he's going to be plugged right into the starting lineup. I think if he were higher on the depth chart, let's say than Romy Gonzalez or any of the other infielders on this team, Probably would have made that opening day roster, that 26-man roster. Uh, so right now, you're going to see Elvis Andrews at shortstop, I think, every day until Tim Anderson comes back. Obviously, he might need an off day in there, and, and we can see what happens. But uh, Romy Gonzalez probably going to get the bulk of those starts at second base. But you will see Lenin Sosa. I, I, he's not up here to just, you know be a warm body in case something happens. I think he will get a start from time to time. He'll get some play. He'll get some run. So, um, you know, a, a very hot week, first week of his season in uh, AAA, but we'll see how much major league starting or major league playing time that turns into. Um, that was that was some loud some loud work going on there from the Blackhawks. That's Hawks. the fourth star. Wow. Yeah, oh, it yeah, sounded like loud Andrew, song. Yeah, and that's Andrew Vaughn's is- terrible uh, walk-up from last year. <laughs> Oh yeah, that it did sound like uh, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, they have like all these like pre segments and uh, wow. like graphics we need some and theme stuff. songs. They I have think, a maybe. they have a little tank icon, a little tank mascot. It's real little cute. Guy. I, I worked on a, a click to pick standings. So all that, right, that's, yeah, we did something. And guess nice. what? And guess what? Our, our click to pick uh, is a rousing segment. Uh, what did your guy do? 
He had a great couple of great throws from the outfield. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like Oscar Colas is the leader in the clubhouse well, yeah, right well, now. There you go. Jake Berger got defensively replaced by Hanser Alberto and struck out twice. Um, who did I even pick? Yes. Yes. Uh, he didn't do that well. He's he, fine behind he the plate. Fine. He put bats uh, a ball. So uh, by by <laughs> default, uh, Vinny wins. Hey, there you go. First win since opening night uh, for, for me right there. But yeah. uh, just to finish off that infield, thank you. You 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 won on Oscar Colas's defensive play and on a, in a game the White Sox lost because of defense. Yep. So All of our guys had two strikeouts today. Mercy. Yep. yep. But, yeah, I, uh, just to finish off that infield talk, you're going to see Elvis at shortstop. You'll see mostly Romy at second base, I would imagine. And then I was surprised to see Jake Berger at third base today. I thought he was kind of – basically relegated to first base in DH at this point in his career. But I guess, as we've talked about, a thinning uh, a thinning group there in the on the infield. So put that bat in there and, and make the offense a, a little bit more potent when you don't got any of these other uh, offensive heavy hitters in there. Um, but Yoan Moncada should be back uh, or is expected to be back, could to be back this weekend, I believe the way it was phrased from what I saw from the reporters who are up in Minnesota by Pedro Grafol was he will go, become day-to-day on Friday kind of situation where he currently now is out for this series. He will return to day-to-day okay. on, on Friday. All right. hopefully, hopefully he's all right. Um, the one question I wanted to talk about, we talked a little bit about on the pregame show with uh, Romy Gonzalez and Lenin Sosa. Uh, Lenin Sosa, people can re- read MILB.com and, and see a stat line, um, doing fairly well, uh, seven walks to five strikeouts. 448 batting average, five something OBP, uh, an OPS of 1300. Uh, Herb, do we think Lenin's going to get more playing time because he's done well in nine AAA games, or because Romy Gonzalez was on the opening day roster, he'll probably get more run at second base? Well, I think they think that Romy's a better baseball player, so that's why he's on the roster. But I think tomorrow you'll see Lenin start at second base because of the day game after night game. You don't want probably Elvis Andres in the in the lineup tomorrow, so somebody will shift over to short. You'll get Lenin Sosa. I think you'll get plenty of Lenin in the time that he's here, and you'll see exactly if he's ready for prime time or not. Now, those numbers are good. 10-11 games starting off, congratulations. But I don't think that's uh, – uh, like he's figured out AAA, like he's done with most of the levels he's been at, and now he's better suited for the major leagues. Ultimately, I think Lenin Sosa is a major league baseball player. I don't think he's anything special, just like I don't think he, Romy Gonzalez is anything special. They're just placeholders for when Timmy comes back, and that means Elvis Andres goes back to second base. And I know people want to you know, transition from Elvis Andres and get these other people in the game, but Elvis has been fine at second base, and eventually he'll get his hit tool right back. And so these two guys, while they're in there, better perform. Because that, I think, will be their only chance to show the White Sox that maybe they have some options for next year in the gap year between them getting, um, you know, uh, Colston Montgomery and Tim Anderson together. And then, you know, this year with uh, Elvis Andres playing second base. Uh, so, so far, it's been early, too, uh, with Elvis Andres and StatCast. Uh, but he's got uh, he's in the uh, bottom eighth percentile in outs above average uh, for for second baseman. Uh, so not good return so far. So maybe he's gonna be, he'll be a little more comfortable returning to a place uh, he's played two thousand games. In. Made a terrific play today at shortstop. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I missed it. You guys you guys saw that, but nice. uh, that was a nice play uh, by Elvis Andrews. Lance Lynn had a nice little PFP as well mm-hmm. and a Byron Buxton grounder. My guy Andrew Vaughn used all five eight of himself and his hops uh, to get that line drive. Um, 
we had uh, Oscar the, Colas the, the, throw as well. Yeah, the throws out and out uh, in right field by Colas. There were a couple. I think the one early in the game too, playing the ball off the wall was a pretty oh, nice yeah. play too. Berger made one throw. Got the guy out. <laughs> he did get the guy out. Uh, he got Miranda out. Both both guys uh, lumbering uh, down the line. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I, I'm I'm fine with Elvis. Uh, you know, I, again, I I don't think it's time to to can him just yet. Um, I, I thought he he provided something very very important last year in those 43 games. Do I think he's going to replicate those 43 games? No, but I, I don't think he's going to be a bottom 20 player like he currently is, uh, according to F4. You don't um, think you don't think it's time to can him after 12 games? No, I, I you know what I don't. Especially he doesn't make any money. It's inexpensive, and you don't have a solution. You haven't seen anything great from Romy, and unless you're going to give Lenny Sosa a majority of the playing time, you're not going to see anything great from him. So Elvis is your guy until further notice. Until Tim comes, I mean, when Tim comes back, it's going to be Elvis, I believe, until they get out of contention. Yeah. Um, and l- real quick, let's go to some super chats. Uh, we'll hit another break, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about Lance Lynn uh, and Pablo Lopez. Uh, shout out to Rusted. Uh, we appreciate this one. Uh, Five dollars super chat. Uh, hey guys, just keep up the work. Uh, wanted to say Luis Robert is so 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 good. Agreed. Uh, Shea Fidel uh, Garcia saying White Sox Nation stand up. Uh, we got to play better. Uh, yeah, guys, do fix it. We don't have to play better. Oh, okay. yeah, we're All doing right. just fine. All right, we are. I mean, you, I, I do. <laughs> the rest of White Sox your, nation uh, have to stand up, not us. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, and, and make sure to hit that thumbs up button too. We Thank appreciate you, all you guys are hanging out with us, and we see you in the chat, uh, reading your comments. Uh, let's hit the break though. Uh, Goose Island, our great friends. Uh, they are CHGO's beer sponsor. Been Chicago's beer since 1988, and their beer uh, includes the 312. Wheat Ale. Um, you can also get the Bull City 312 in the 2022-2023 City Edition uniforms. Bulls got a playoff game tomorrow. Might be the perfect time to get a 16-ounce tall boy in the uh, the 2022 uh, City Edition uniforms because if the Bulls lose, it's more beer than a 12-ounce can. So there you go. Um, you can drink your <laughs> sorrows away. Um, you also have the Bourbon County Stout. Uh, the Shandies are back since it's 75 degrees out in Chicago. You got the Lemon and Tangerine one, the Livy Easy, Col- uh, Easy Kolsch, the Beer Hug IPA series, the No Plans, the Green Line, the Matilda, and the Sophie. And also on April 27th and April 28th, we have the Bears Draft Party Show over on Joe's on Wheat Street, sponsored by Goose Island. So make sure you check out our friends over at Goose Island at their two locations. They're open and ready to welcome you. You can grab a beer right from their innovative tanks at Goose Island's Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton, or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash location, Goose Island Beer Company. Also want to let you know about ComEd. You guys heard about the energy efficiency program? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. You guys I want you to be, tell us about it, though. You guys must be avid CHGO listeners because they're a great sponsor. Uh, the ComEd energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers wide array, a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd offers uh, free facility assessments that can help you find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs, and these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately, and each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, 
project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today. And for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to combat.com slash powering biz. That's combat.com slash powering B-I-Z. Um, all right. So, Herb, you had some Pablo Lopez stuff here. I did. Um, well, let's talk about this. So the White Sox threatened uh, bases juiced for Andrew Vaughn, and he rips a sweeper down the left field line for a double. Sox mm-hmm. score their first two runs of the game. And then what happened? After that inning, it's 31 pitches after the first inning. So you pull, you work him, especially with the first hit bat by a $75 million man, Andrew Benintendi. Then he gets a hit. You get 31 pitches on that guy in the first inning. My mentality is, cool, man, if we can just maybe do 15 a, a inning after this, we'll get this guy out of here, you know, lickety split. But you see on the screen. Let me go through the pitches per batter. Each inning, the second inning was eight pitches, 11 pitches in the third inning, seven pitches in the fourth inning, nine pitches in the fifth inning, 12 pitches in the sixth inning, 11 pitches in the seventh inning, nine pitches in the eighth inning, and he left the game. That is piss poor execution by the White Sox and great pitching by Pablo Lopez. Like, he was spotting pitches, but there were a couple of bats in here where it was three pitches strikeouts multiple times by the White Sox. And if you drive that pitch pitch count up to 31 in the first inning, for that guy to get into the eighth inning is abysmal by the White Sox. And their offensive approach after that uh, double by uh, Andrew Vaughn, remember, second and third, no outs, strikeout by uh, Yasmani Grandal, and then subsequently two other guys got out, was bad. The approach was bad. And so that is the main focus I have of this game. That's what lost the White Sox the game is that they didn't have quality at bats versus Pablo Lopez. He's going to be tough, but you don't have to play into his game. And the White Sox played in this game perfectly, and he got into the eighth inning after giving up 31 pitches in the first inning. That's not good. That's not going to do it at all. And, yeah, Lance Lynn gives up a home run immediately to Byron Buxton, which is going to happen if you're a White Sox pitcher. But you have to back up your starting pitcher and have a little bit better at bats so you're not – you know, Lance Lynn's sitting down, and he's just standing back up because that pitch, uh, the inning was seven damn pitches. Seven. Ridiculous. Clinic. Clinic by Pablo Lopez today. Um, what, what I will say, at the end of the day, you know, the Twins scored three runs off of Lance Lynn. The White Sox scored two runs off of Pablo Lopez. Not really all that different. The, the big difference was in the hits. Mm-hmm. The, the White Sox had three hits. It was three of the first four batters of the game against Lopez, and then zip. Lynn gave up seven hits, which is kind of a lot. But, mm. you know, the two home runs, I mean, I thought Lance Lynn was pretty good today. No walks. We showed the graphic in the in the pregame show. He had seven coming into this game, which was apparently the most in baseball or the most in the American League. None today to go along with the ten strikeouts. The hits is the big is the big difference maker right there. That's the one you circle, um, and that's what got Lim out of the game. He threw they threw the same amount of pitches in this game too, I believe. Right, yep, ninety eight exactly the same. But Lopez almost finished off eight innings, and Lynn was done after six. Um, that's what it came down to. And Herb, I, I I don't even see that necessarily as a flaw of Lance Lynn's day as much as I do 
the White Sox hitters not being able to do their part in chipping away at Pablo Lopez. Well, mm-hmm. real quick, let's read the pitcher lines that Stephen Flash there. Again, six innings for Lance Lynn, three earned runs, seven hits, 10 Ks, no walks. Pablo Lopez, seven and two-thirds. Uh, got through the uh, order three times, right? Because he his last batter was Elvis Andrews, and then they brought in a batter to face Ben Attendee. Correct. Uh, so uh, he, he got through the, the White Sox order at least three or four times uh, pretty easily. Uh, two earned runs, three hits allowed, 10 Ks, and one walk. Um, I want to go to the Michael D minus uh, Taylor uh, home run or the the Michael B plus home run. Uh, there was a Willet Dong uh, basically just looking at the exit velocity, the launch angle. It would have been a home run in 13 out of the 30 parks. Um, it wasn't a, a smacked homer. It, it, it was a very, very odd home run. Um, and Lance, I thought, was really good today. Um, again, 98 pitches. I thought that would have gotten him to the, the like the fourth inning. Like that, that really started to get shaky. Oh, the way after his the first Michael, inning. yeah, after and yeah. after the Michael A. Taylor home run, uh, home run. He really just settled in though. Um, 35% called strikes uh, plus whiff percentage. MLB average is about 30. Um, I think only Dylan has had a start better this year so far, at least with that number. Um, he's also got 18 whiffs on 53 swings. Um, the fastball just started picking up steam. And I think, honestly, those two home runs kind of energized him, just pissed him off, and he started throwing harder. Um, Lynn's stuff looked a lot better than it did last time out against San Francisco. Uh, again, no walks. Um, I can't be upset with this performance. You know, you you, you really uh, don't love to see two home runs, but, again, Byron Buxton's a pretty damn good hitter. Uh, and, and Michael A. Taylor, again, that doesn't get out in a lot of parks. Uh, so I, I think Lance today um, was fine. Um, and, you know, this isn't as worrisome as – you know, what, 16 to 6 uh, <laughs> against the Giants. Uh, yeah, I'll, was, I'll take this from Lance Lynn. He was more than fine. He was pretty damn good. 10 strikeouts in any major league game is a great game for me. And I know people out there like, well, the Twins lineup is kind of depleted. Hey, he can't pick who's in the Twins lineup. Do you think that Joey Gallo wouldn't have struck out too? Yeah, he would have struck his ass out too with Lance Lynn. He was throwing some nice stuff out there. And I know people are down on Lance because his last outing yeah, it wasn't the greatest, but damn it. If you go out there and give up only three runs and pitch six innings, your team should be winning more, uh, more likely than not in either of those games. So that's not Lance Lane's fault for what he did and giving up home runs to Buxton and Michael A. Taylor. I have a problem with giving up a home run to Michael A. Taylor because he's not a home run hitter, but those things happen. He's going to hit a home run every once in a while, and it happened to be off of Lance Lynn. But this performance by Lance Lynn does nothing but give me confidence of him doing this again versus the next team he'll face. Well, and I, I think I said a few days ago, too, that, you know, yeah, maybe the first two trips through the rotation, things looked a little shaky, but, you know, let it get past two games per per uh, pitcher here, and you can evaluate a little bit better what kind of start they're off to. I think now we've seen three White Sox starters turn in really good starts. Dylan on opening day, yes. Kopech on Sunday against the Pirates, and now Lynn tonight against the Twins. That's more than half your rotation right there. We were impressed with what Mike Clevenger did in Houston. Um, you could you could put that one in his column if you want. Uh, so I mean, the more the more data you get here, the better evaluation you can make. And if you were like, oh man, what's Lance Lynn doing after two starts? Well, now you got one really good one for him. If you were like, oh Michael Kopech, I can't believe he did that in his first start. I'm so down on the guy. <laughs> then he goes out and he throws a heck of a game in Pittsburgh. Now it's an entirely different feeling. So you just let let their let their resumes build a little bit. 
before before getting on these guys or, or thinking that the team has a quote unquote problem. Uh, you know, the starting pitching should be a strength of this team. We'll see if it plays out that way, but it's getting a little bit better as as <laughs> as you get more data to go on. Well, and tomorrow is going to be really interesting to watch Lucas Giolito because it's an opportunity he, for him to put up one of those games too. Yeah, ho- hopefully. Um, this this Twins lineup is depleted again, so you know that should be a plus for Lucas Giolito. Hopefully, he'll be able to take advantage. Uh, but first start against Houston, he wasn't bad. Uh, five innings, uh, two earned runs, one walk, six Ks, uh, and then things weren't weren't that good in Pittsburgh. Uh, four innings, 12 hits, seven earned runs, two homers, uh, no walks, three Ks. So uh, hopefully he's a little bit better uh, than he was in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, but Lance Lynn came in with a nine ERA. Lucas Giolito came in with a nine ERA. So Lucas Giolito is going to strike out 10 uh, twins tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> that how it and, works. That's how and it works. usually any really good versus twins? Well, there's that that one that there's, one game at the end of, what was that, 20? 2018, 2019, when he went up there and, and dominated them. It was 29, August 2019. It was 18 or 19. I don't remember which one at this 18 point. 18 was the worst pitcher in baseball. It was, so, oh, so it was 19. Yeah, it was yeah. nine innings, 12 Ks, no one runs. Like Herb, you didn't pronounce that correctly. Oh, sorry. Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, Stephen B. Smith. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, he'd be proud. Uh, let's go to Pablo Lopez's uh, stuff real quick, though, um, and just look at how he did it. Because I was really expecting that sweeper to be the pitch. Um, I thought he was going to strike out more than six and a half White, White Sox today uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook because of this pitch. Uh, coming into today's game, he allowed two hits, or uh, he allowed no hits on the sweeper uh, today uh, coming into the game. I thought it was going to just be his wipeout pitch. He only used it 12 times, and I think Vaughn's first at-bat was a true key to what the White Sox were looking to do against Pablo Lopez. So, Herb, I hear your point of how inefficient they were after that Vaughn hit, but I think it was just a huge play because he first pitch he sees, foul-tipped a, a fastball. Uh, then Pablo Lopez throws the perfect pitch next. Um, basically, Throws a sweeper outside of the zone, low in the corner though, near uh, nearly a strike. Um, call the ball, but Vaughn's ability to spit on that, mm-hmm. um, I just think kind of showed the blueprint to what the Sox were looking to do. Because again, uh, there was no called one called strike. I think uh, for Pablo Lopez's uh, sweeper today, um, no swinging whiffs until later in the game. Um, Three swings, uh, three whiffs, five on five swings, two called strikes, um, but only 12 pitches. It, it, he was using it about 38% against right-handers, um, and, and it really wasn't a factor today. Um, I was just surprised to see that happen just because we've seen the White Sox be obliterated by sliders in the other batter's box uh, consistently, um, and that seemed to be taken away. But the, the changeup was filthy. Yeah, and Pablo it looks like he caters his pitches to the team he's playing, and that's good. The White Sox came with a great game plan and having Andrew Benintendi with the leadoff that he had and setting the tone for the White Sox, and then you said the Andrew Vaughn thing, you're not going to hit that pitch anyways, so why offer at it? But the White Sox didn't listen to that after the first inning. Like, you know, I'm going to offer at that all the time. But I would think that, you know, that's a good thing to have, hey, I didn't pitch my changeup the whole time in my first two starts. I'm going to break it out versus the White Sox. And he made, and you think that Yasmani Grandal didn't see that 
scouting report too. When he went up in the first inning, he's like, he hasn't thrown his changeup yet. And then he gets like two or three well, changeups in a row and makes him again, look really dumb. I, I think I didn't make my point clear enough. He was he stopped throwing his changeups to righties. Okay. So, I mean, to lefties, he was still using it. Yeah, and it was filthy. And he just made him look silly. And that was the ball game. It was kind of demoralizing. I think the White Sox, when they get in those situations, that's why when they got the base loaded with no outs in the first thing, I was like, oh, here we go. It's their kryptonite. And Andrew Vaughn got that double. I was like, all right, finally, we're breaking through. And then you get three outs right in a row with no advancement, no run scoring for the White Sox. And that has to be demoralizing for the offense. And Lance Lynn, too, he sees two runs on the board, but they could have been put a bigger cricket number up there and give him a little bit more support. So when you do eventually give up a home run to Byron Buxton, because that's going to happen. When he's playing, Byron Buxton's pretty goddamn good. So I don't blame uh, Lance Lynn. I don't blame Pablo Lopez for the pitches he's throwing. I blame the White Sox offense because – Yes, his pitches were decent, but to have the longest at bat in his tenure after the first inning to be a seven-pitch at bat that ends in a 5-3 out of Andrew Vaughn, that's piss poor. He faced 21 other batters, and he was like, yeah, three, two, one, out, quick quick outs, and you're right back out in the mound for uh, Lance Lynn, and that's a testament to Lance Lynn to just throw up the zeros after that too. And now seeing their ace, uh, Pablo Lopez, take the mound against the Sox, Revisiting that trade, Luis Arise versus Pablo Lopez. Uh, what team makes this Twins uh, more fierce? Uh, we can go to uh, Luis Arise's stats so far in 2023, just to remind people of how good he is. Uh, again, I, I kind of doubted <laughs> that Luis Arise was that good. Uh, and so far in 12 games, uh, in 42 at bats, uh, it, it's okay. No, it, 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 Stephen was uh, making. He graphics. must have gotten Left one more right. at bat then. No one more at bat. No okay. matter what Pablo Lopez does this year, Luis Arise plays every day, and he doesn't do 500. He won't do that for this year. But he will damn straight, sure hit over 300, and every time he comes up to bat, you're like, son of a bitch, Luis Arise is back up to bat. I am glad there's no Luis Arise in the Twins lineup. I'll deal with the one Pablo Lopez you get, what, four times this year versus the White Sox? You face... The damn twins, what, 12 times? You would face Luis Arise 12 times. Yeah. And I guarantee in most of those games, he's going to get a hit and going to be looking good. I mean, Dylan only saw the twins last year twice. I mean, I, I, I don't really know if he will even see the White Sox twice. I, I, it, with the, the, you know, not playing uh, division and rivals 19 times, you've only seen him 14 times. Uh, he might not get, you know, three starts against That's a them. good point by David um, Marista. Cease would have had a no-hitter without Arise. That's true. Uh, yeah, hey. Uh, and they might have brought up uh, Matt Walner or something, though, to, to get a hit. Uh, just flash those Arise stats real quick, though, Stephen, again. Uh, in 12 games, 41 at-bats, uh, 537 batting average, six walks, three Ks, and he hit for the cycle. Today. How are you getting him out? He's walking. I don't know. He don't strike out, and he's hitting half of the things that he's doing. And Lance Lynn can't get him out. When we saw that in World Baseball Classic, he took him deep for Venezuela. So um, would you walk him then? I mean, the rest of that Miami Marlin lineup, yeah, probably. Whoa, Do you know what I just whoa, did? Ozzy's on that team. <laughs> what, I, uh, 2017, Ozzy? I just brought it up because they intentionally walked him last year that led to Buxton's walk-off. I mean, no, they, they did the opposite. They had bases uh, base open for Buxton. They pitched to Buxton and they, instead of walking. Instead of going Buxton versus a rise. If you would have get if rise would have walked you off, I would have said, hey, man, sometimes you got to get – Beat by a rise. Uh, you're right. You're Not right. That's what Buxton. it was. Sometimes you got to get beat by a rise. It's almost like he was the Twins' best player and they got rid of him. Hmm. Do you think that? I think somebody said that on the day he got traded. I think a couple somebody's did. 
<laughs> you guys really think that with Byron Buxton on the uh, hitting home runs? I think that last his 16, year, his sixteen career home runs against the White Sox. God, that's what it is. You, yeah, what, last year what was his slugging percentage is like seven hundred against yeah. the, the the White Sox. Last uh, year, Arise was their best hitter. He was the had the highest batting average in the American League. And listen, the Twins did a great job in going out and making sure that Carlos Correa came back to their team. But their major addition was a guy they already had, and then they traded the best hit the guy in the lineup who was better than that guy last year. <laughs> didn't make any sense i i think that the lopez edition is is just going to make them deeper i, I, mean, I you can't argue with it the dude was amazing tonight so like they got a good player obviously and again they got kyle farmer i, I think y'all are sleeping on him kyle farmer is a, a dangerous player what is talking this guy up for three days now yeah well, i guess it's donovan solano i mean he's he's bat third and first and he's five eight playing first base so 35 years old um <laughs> uh i agree with fred the Sox haven't bunted this season that's the real problem um Anything else we need to bring up from this game? Giolito versus Gray tomorrow. Sox are five and seven, uh, looking to win the series tomorrow. They have yet to win a series this year. They obviously Ew. they obviously split in uh, Houston, but they've yet to win a series this year in three tries. So here's try number four. They've got a chance to do it. Um, it listen, everybody is uh, uh, acting like uh, this might be a repeat of last year, and um, there's a whole mess of baseball for the White Sox to prove that that will not be the case. But the only way that they're going to start making sure that it's not the case is by winning series. you got to start winning series. They take two or three up in Minnesota, then the game today, yeah, right now White Sox fans not happy with them losing the game today, but you look at the totality of a three-game series, they take two, you go, all right, job. that's the job done right there. So uh, they need to start winning series and um, uh, a chance to do it tomorrow. So, yeah, if this is a game you have to win because of – not winning this game in September. You can just say, hey, this game's in hand. We took care of the Minnesota Twins while depleted, and now we move on, come back home for a nice homestand. If you lose to a depleted Minnesota Twins team, it's going to be double, um, like, affecting you because uh, they don't have their great hitters with them. Joey Gallo's not with them. You're not facing Correa for the most part, and you got a, a limited Byron Buxton, which hit a home run today, but he's not top-notch Byron Buxton and you happen to lose when you have, you know, some of your better p- pitchers out there. That would be demoralizing coming back from this road trip five and eight, I believe the record would be. And then you got to come home and play another tough team. And I think the Rays are in this, uh, this homestand too. It's just like, ugh, no, you got to have some type of positivity coming out of this uh, road trip where you lost two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And if you lose two out of three to the Minnesota Twins, where's the positivity coming from? Yeah, I mean, after uh, after they welcome Baltimore, it's a whole lot of playoff teams from 2022. Uh, they got a three. And Baltimore was almost one. Yes, uh, <laughs> and and they beat the hell out of the White Sox in 2022. Uh, three games against Baltimore, three games against Philly, three games in Tampa, three games in Toronto. Also, they updated their stadium. Uh, Toronto. The walls look weird. The, the sky dome look weird. Yeah, the artist um, formerly known as Sky Dome. The the, the the outfield walls are now green and like a. Uh, it's just, it looks like an airport. I don't know. It's, it's it kind of <laughs> looks nice though. Uh, and then, uh, more games against Tampa Bay and then they'll, they'll welcome, uh, Minnesota back in, in the start of May. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a brutal stretch. Yeah, that's is. a brutal stretch. And, and after that, it lets up that, a little bit with Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Kansas City and, Kansas and then City, here's but, Houston. Here's Jose Abreu's homecoming. That's a brutal stretch. <laughs> so like I said, they gotta, they start, they gotta start grabbing two or threes here and it's not going to be easy to do, but you, you gotta take it one at a time. Well, and hopefully oh, they'll, they'll sound get, like a cliche machine. That Baltimore team yeah. looks fun. 
Yes, they look like they're having a great time. Yeah, young and fun. Um, uh, they're they should be exciting. Uh, they're they're the the twenty twenty three Guardians, the Orioles. Yeah, they're the they're the they're the twenty twenty three twenty twenty two Guardians. That's confusing. Yeah. But yes, um, I get what I you're was saying. Confused trying to say it. they're this year's Guardians. That, uh, there, you there you go. go. <laughs> and this is why you're the writer. This is why you're the. Uh, you're, yeah. uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenroll twenty three. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We will be with you tomorrow after the game, whether the White Sox win or lose. Sonny Gray will be on the bump. That's a tough matchup for the White Sox. I'm Sean Anderson. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for braving it out through the show. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Jack's watching. I met Jack out in uh, Pittsburgh on Saturday. He came up and said, what's hey. up? He watches every show. He wanted to say you get hello to you guys, too. What up, Jack? Shout out to you. Young man, team, Jack Vector. Jack, this team could use a, uh, a Tyler Saladino. You're, you're 100% <laughs> right about that. Um, yes, that's definitely. which team couldn't? That's a great question. <laughs> Tyler Saladino <laughs> with guy. the mustache. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They could have had more mustache guys. That would have been great. Who's the, the original? That's the OG. Um, we got to get Tyler Saladino on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox. Thank you, Steven Nicholas.